Welcome to the Infinity Loop, where we explore infinite possibilities to grow, heal, and change for ourselves and the world through connection, awareness, and inquiry. This is episode 009, and I'm your host, Krista Vorse. Today is my last day living in Ashland, Oregon, and I get to record a dialogue between Leo Gorsi and myself. Leo was a big part of my book, The Infinity Loop for Women, as my former life and business partner, where we did this work coaching and developing people. On this podcast, we'll share with you our goodbye as we reflect on what it means to live our lives in the infinity loop. So, Leah, what was interesting before we started recording yes. is I was talking about how I'm getting rid of everything, and the only thing I'm taking with me down to Santa Barbara is what's fitting in my mini countryman. <laughs> And how yes. amazing it feels to be letting go of just about the, all of the my perfect possessions. moving vehicle. Because whenever anybody wants to move, they call for a Mini Cooper. They, you go, let's choose a Mini Cooper. That's there's. Excuse me, do room. you have some guys with a Mini Cooper <laughs> who could come over and move some stuff? So, and you mentioned, well, it's the descent and what's happening even in your life. And, and yes, the and, spirituality of descent. Yes, of the letting go. Yes. And it was a great springboard for what we would talk about in the infinity loop because the infinity loop is so much about stepping into the awareness of our true self, our infinite self, our big self, which we only find as we let go of our false self. Yes, true. <laughs> so let's say say more about that in the first half of our lives we spend our time rightfully so building a container building a life finding a profession identifying who we want to be in the world putting together a person really i think is what we do we do that by getting married having children maybe we don't get married maybe we choose a career we're searching for you know our passion what are we going to do with our talents and gifts and how are we going to make money and along the way we uh, logically become very attached to that artifice this thing that we've created in the world that we call me and over the course of time as we approach midlife we begin to believe that all of these things that we have accumulated, and it, it's a spirituality of addition. It may not be a spirituality per se, something that we're aware of. It's probably more of a process of addition, process of building a self through addition, through acquiring things, achieving things, accomplishing things, gaining things. And that becomes us for all intents and purposes. And we're convinced that my relationships are me, my job is me, my car is me, my house is me, my money is me, that all these things is this is who we actually are. And then midlife crisis, as it's been called, is a point in midlife where we reach where we've had our families, raised our children, they've left home, our careers may have peaked or may have plateaued or maybe gone away. And we then are hit with a crisis of having to, in a sense, sort of ask ourselves, who are we without all these things that we thought was us. And that definitely creates a crisis. And we have a number of choices when that happens, which narrows down to roughly two. 
<laughs> One is we can go into denial and, and try to medicate the discomfort and the pain, and there's a, a thousand ways to do that, certainly in our culture anyway, to distract ourselves from the discomfort of that or quote-unquote reinvent ourselves. And there's lots of ways to do that in a consumer culture where you can just reinvent yourself, create And a, even put spiritual language around it. And put spiritual language, like Which what's is, an example of that? We may call it purpose or it's our new sort of identity. Mm -hmm. It's still an identity, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so we can put spiritual language around it. But when it comes down to it, the more difficult way, but the only well, way... Well, it can be, it's, meaning can also be creating an ego construct of us being spiritual, mm -hmm. which they can call spiritual materialism. Well, at least now I'm spiritual. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm so spiritual. Right. Yeah. I certainly don't feel like I've come out the other end of it. I feel like I'm still sort of processing, even though I'm in my 60s, I still feel like I'm in some ways processing some of that midlife stuff. The other pathway we can choose besides just creating a new ego is to actually just let go and surrender to the process of what some mystics call the spirituality of descent, which is letting go the spirituality of subtraction, letting go of things. Letting go of that being our identity. Letting go of all the things that we've accumulated. Letting go of what we thought was us. To find the bigger self. Yes. That can hold it all. That is the infinite self. And to really make it okay. To make people, I want to say, more comfortable being this uncomfortable. Going, sweetheart, it's actually good that this is happening to you. It's mm -hmm. not that you're just not manifesting correctly. Things are being taken from you. That In the great mystery of whatever's happening for you. You, it is so that you rise again in your soul. Everything's going to be taken from us anyway. Yeah. The idea that we have anything is, an is an illusion. This way of just sort of giving in to this death of our, which for the most part is a, is a false self, an artifice of a self, and dropping into our deeper, truer self, which is indestructible and can't be lost. It always was and it always will be. It's definitely a much deeper truth, a deeper place to be. That's why Carl Jung, I think, called it the true self. We truly are aware of our oneness with everything around us and with everyone around us. And how does that happen? It happens by letting go of the illusion that we're separate. Right. Again, it's, it's, it's the again, it's a, the letting go. It's, the letting, it's go. the letting go. I don't have to gain more knowledge to because our true self is already there. Be more in touch. With, it's already there. It's again, it's the spirituality it's of letting, letting go. go of the attachment to our false self that we are separate. Yeah, our separate self. And that has a practical application. It's not just this kind of ooey-wooey sort of language that it's actually, it has a, a really grounded, serious application, which is we start to experience more oneness with people and more openness with people and more compassion for people as we experience how much we're loved. Right. And we're actually able to... We're loved because our true self, when we discover our true self, yes, we realize we're loved and we're loved.
love. We're loved and we're loved. And that true self loves us and loves everybody. And, on, and so everything yeah. we have to let go of to get there is rewarded by this, basically this new life in the true self, which is a much, much, much more expansive life than just the tiny little ego self life. And, you know, the practical application of it is that it opens up a lot more opportunities for service to really, truly find my high calling, which is, you know, where does my deepest joy meet the world's deepest need? I love that. So what does the infinity loop mean to you? Well, the infinity loop is about connection, awareness, and inquiry. And those really are the foundational tools to sort of, you know, not only for us to just be able to experience our bigger self, but to be able to develop a practice to stay in our bigger self as much as possible. I mean, it's not like we have to do anything, but we do have to say yes to it. You know, we do have to say yes to this invitation to be in our bigger self, to be in divine union, whatever that means to you. You know, to be in this place where we're one and where all these opportunities open up. One of the things we have to allow ourselves to do is let go of our attachment to our concept of duality, where everything has to be right or wrong, black or white, either or, this or that, our addiction to labeling things, which only separates us, judging things, eliminating things, and being so attached to our own preferences. It isn't in the little tiny world of our little preferences. Right. And that's what's happening in the political climate right now. There is not enough both and because we are too identified with our party, with our certitude, with even how we are receiving the information. We feel the disturbance within us. I mean, we're experiencing some of the most destructive consequences of dualism that maybe we've experienced in U.S. history. But at the same time, what's happening because of that up through the cracks is that what's coming up is the light of awareness of this desire for this expanded consciousness. And so this sort of awakening that's happening with people as a result of that is very exciting, I think. Yeah. So in the midst of seeing what's happening in our country and in the world where there's so much hatred and so much division and so much superior, separate, and important, oh, I'm more woke than you. Yeah. At least I'm more woke than you. <laughs> Thank God. That's the ego being transcendent. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to bring up this thing about Martha Beck, what she says, which is so profound. Martha Beck teaches the great coach Martha Beck, when I first go to stillness and I desire to be more connected than separate, then I can say anything and I won't hurt them. Because I'm so deeply connected, my ego is in the right place. It is not about being separate. It's a place of wanting that deepest connection. And where that connection comes from is empathy and awareness and inquiry. The humility that goes, this is how I'm feeling. I wanted the buses to get on time. They're not on time. How do we make it happen? What happened? If we did that in our political discourse, that would change the world. In the infinity loop. Yes, let's talk about the It is the about how great of influence we do have on the other when we are most aware. When we are able mm -hmm. to say, I want to be more connected than separate from you. Right. I want to first go to stillness, which is observing myself. Getting out of my constricted awareness. Right. 
it opens up all kinds of more possibilities. And this is another thing that's really exciting about what's happening. Because of all the disruption, there's going to be tons of opportunities for people to band together and collaborate together and come out of their separateness. Oh, so now the, the neighbor decided he's going to use his skill saw right now. So we're just going to have yeah. that as our musical accompaniment. Would you say the suffering of what we're going yes, through absolutely. is creating... It's breaking down our separateness. and, and It is breaking down our separateness. That's the irony of it all. That's, Love is weaving this in as we are all evolving. There's a huge opportunity here, I think. Yeah. It's a way to, for us through the suffering and through the violence. And it's a way for us to choose, to take an opportunity to be able to choose, to allow, again, the spirituality of subtraction, to allow ourselves to lose the illusion of separateness. One of the concepts in the infinity loop is the intentional choice as we step into one of the loops mm -hmm. to move to non-duality as mm -hmm. much as we possibly can. And we do that first by realizing our duality. This is just too funny with the neighbor's saw. Like they never saw, but today <laughs> they're going to saw. So in non-duality, let's explain what that is. Non-duality is being open to more than two possibilities. Our ego wants to win and look good. And that's how it knows itself. Am I winning or am I losing? To the ego, it's not good or bad. It's just the way it knows itself. It knows itself through competing, comparing, conflicting. Am I winning? Duality is I have to either win or lose. There's no in-between. I'm winning or I'm losing. I'm right or I'm wrong. And since we're so attached to our view as I am my point of view, that puts even more of a charge on it. Most of humanity's kind of been stuck in that duality. We're only now, I think, just having the opportunity to... Mystics have done it throughout the ages of all different spiritual traditions, of course. But I think it's just now a movement that's spreading out into the world. And it's the idea that it's not either or, it's both and. Not only is it not a choice between two things, there could be five things. There could be 10 things. And the way that we enter into that, which is actually where the oneness is through letting go of our compulsion or addiction to this idea that it has to be one way or the other. Non-duality is the ability to hold everything in an accepting gaze. Yes. So it's it doesn't the first look is the dualistic view. Whoa, that guy's irritating. Whoa, he said this. It's the first critical view. And we all do it and we just sort of need to accept it. It has its place. It's in our survival brain. We're we're assessing the situation. The spiritual practice is taking the second look. Yes. Which means to respect the second look respect to look again at the situation at the other person and to hold it all in a more expanded awareness yes that it all belongs nothing has to be Thing eliminated belongs. Yes. everything belongs so in non-duality it holds the duality it holds the discernment mm -hmm. okay well and, and it allows me to see the person if i suspend that first judgmental look it's the first seven seconds where i'm going i don't like his clothes i don't like the way she has her hair could be the other way oh he's really good looking oh this way we're making all these judgments and that's the first look is always a judgmental look it's a critical look the first look is a critical look if we can just get past that first look suspend that first look we don't have to throw it in the trash but we can just suspend it put it aside for a minute get into the second look of who is this person what am i not seeing which is based in connection in connection based in awareness, awareness. 
an inquiry. inquiry. (laughs) Which brings it back to that. That's the thing. And inquiry is especially powerful tool that we can use to become more aware and more conscious and more connected. And I can just say for America, because I've never lived in any other culture, that in general, just next time you're in a conversation, just see like how many people actually are asking questions instead of just saying what they think. We just are not curious enough. And I don't mean asking questions like, how much did that car cost? I mean, asking questions like being curious about each other. The, about the thinking process. The thinking process. About what does that word mean to you when you say that word? What? Tell me what informed that for you. What's your experience with that? Exactly. That is a contemplative stance because it's not triggered. And just being willing to just put your need to advocate to the side for a minute and just be willing to ask questions and listen to other people talk and really be curious about them and about who they are and what they're feeling and what they're thinking and what their experiences are. So that will change us, our relationships, and the world. It'll change everything. And I think that that is part of, if we were to bring it all around, that is part of the descent. As we are letting go, whether it be our possessions that are no longer we need for this next chapter. We become smaller to become bigger. We become smaller to become We become become empty to become full. We become weak to become strong. That's interesting. And to become, again, comfortable with being so dislodged, meaning it's okay when we are in the descent. Yeah, I mean, in our culture, of course, if if you know in your first half of life when it's all about the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain, any kind of discomfort is a bad thing. If you have the slightest little headache, you got to take an Advil. You got to get rid of it. Getting comfortable with discomfort has to be a part of the process of transition. So if we were to bring it all back around, it would be the letting go makes the space for us to step into the infinity loop and live the bigger lives by finding our infinite self, having infinite possibilities in our relationship and the capacity to truly influence the world because we have changed. We are coming from our infinite self, from our true self, because our soul is then driving. That's a very practical thing. It's not just all airy stuff. It gets very practical. In order to affect this shift in the way that we see things, in our addiction to the way that we see things, we really have to have some kind of daily practice. And the easiest way to do that is just to take a few minutes a day and be quiet and sit in silence and observe your thoughts and observe your feelings and don't attach to them. Just observe them. Just go, oh, that's interesting. Look what I'm thinking now. Why am I thinking that? There's my dualism again. I'm there's my there's what my mind looks like when it's just running on its own. And immediately the first thing that we're gonna realize is that our mind is just running its own program all day long. So awareness is the piece where I'm able to step back and observe myself. So that becomes like the first step of me being able to break the pattern of addictive thinking and to be able to... It's leading to our separation from ourselves and from one another. Always. If you watch your thoughts, they're just all day long, repetitive, repetitive, the same things, the same loop. It goes around the same loop. You end up in the same place thinking the same thing all day long. So the first thing is to become aware. Mm-hmm. The second thing now is inquiry. I'm rearranging them again. Okay, you're changing your... Okay, the second... Is to question my thinking. Is that really me? Am I really that? 
because we're all bigger than our thoughts, bigger than our emotions, bigger than the things that are meaning happening. Meaning I'm questioning my identity? What do you what do we question? Yeah, meaning I'm questioning with what feelings and thoughts have I chosen to identify with that are telling the story of my life. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Which mm-hmm. is a super small story. It's yeah. it's transitioning from so That's how you're saying it. Life is all about me to I am all about life. Right. And then the third thing then would be the connection. So out of the awareness and the inquiry comes first the connection with myself. That's always the first connection. I have to reconnect with myself because we find out in midlife we have no idea who we are. That's part of what calls it a crisis. And so to ask myself... What do you mean we don't know who we are? Because on one level we do know who we are. Because we think we are our job. We don't know our true self. We don't know our true self. Right. And so always we have to start with the question, is this all I am? (laughs) And what we discover is we are a self that is so much bigger. Yes. That is not limited by the small self. And when we're able to connect to our true self, and our true self is indestructible, infinite, always was, always will be, nothing can hurt it, nothing can destroy it. It is love. Our true self is love. Yeah. And that is... uh, That's what the infinity loop, it all comes back to. It all comes back to. To being in the infinity loop is the power of love. It's the golden fires. Right. Which are really love. Yes. That can hold us and can hold the discomfort of the relationship, of the encounter with the other. Right. And when I can connect with that in myself, then I can start connecting with that deeper self in others. And that is the thing, ironically enough, that is going to satisfy all the desires, our deepest desires for joy, our deepest desires for happiness, our deepest desires for contentment. That's where those desires get satisfied. And ironically, it's in letting go. It's in letting go. The soul that we find in the letting go is going to lead us on what is ours to do. Yes. In our destiny. Yes. And it will change us, change our relationships, and change the world. Yes. And with that, I want to say... Thank you for spending this day, this last day in Ashland. Of course. This last end of this chapter of my life, having this dialogue about something so important. Thanks for listening. I'd love to have you subscribe, share, follow, and connect with me further here or at Christavorce.com. Until next time, may we all grow in connection, awareness, and inquiry as we live in infinite possibilities.